Good afternoon, Anchor Nation. This is your host, Aaron Rollins. Once again, thanks for tuning in to my podcast. We're live and ad-free on Southeast 3rd. That was Weezer, Say It Ain't So, starting us off. Kind of got in a little choppy there. Listen to 1025 The Bear. It's not always coming in clear out here. That and uh, 107.3 The Fox. I just left my MRI appointment to get my shoulder and knee checked out and I'm really hoping for some answers. My MRI for my knee really needs to come through. I've had one, it's been a long time since then and they didn't find anything severely wrong with it. There was a little, like a minor abnormality, but the way my knees behaved over the last you know, 15 years, something's gotta change. I, I've gotta get this fixed, whether it's through surgery or a different prosthetic, I gotta do something different. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe even rehab and set me up for some physical therapy. We'll see. Uh, and my shoulder, they had me lock my arm in a position that caused my shoulder to, to really ache a little. And I thought, oh, yeah, if I needed to confirm something was wrong, well, this is how. What exactly the MRI will show, well, that remains to be seen. I won't know anything until next week. So, wish me luck there. I'm, uh... As a friend of mine said, I'm no spring chicken anymore. So, figure that out. Hopefully, it's not serious. Uh, moving on. That's enough about that. Got to run into an old coworker today, Manny. Manny's a good, solid guy. Uh, family man, former Navy, just like me. Former ER, just like me. Working in the mental health side. He's um, he's a good dude, and. He's uh, running um, what's called a peer support role now where he talks to other veterans and works them through their mental health issues, their social issues, and the realm of you know his job, which he doesn't write consultations or prescriptions or anything, um, but he does connect them to people that can do those those things. And if some guys just want to talk, he, he's, a, he's a voice for them. He, puts them in therapy groups and writes notes about their progress and tracks that and touches up with them, follows up with them. He's, he's kind of the go-between for mental health providers and the patient because there's just so many patients and not enough providers. So he does the things that, you know, they could do but don't have to do because they just don't have the time of the day. You know, we all got to have a work-life balance. You can't give and give and give to this job you know every day non-stop for 30 40 years that uh, you just can't do it you'll have a psychotic break or something anyway so enough about that he uh he's had he's having a lot of success he's lost about 100 pounds he's um he's actually lighter than me now and he was you know a big dude he was a 2x uh shirt size and now he's he's an extra large easy and um He's made a lot of changes in his life, so really happy for him, really proud of him for making that shift and making it happen. He uh, he deserved it. You know, he gave four four years of his life to that emergency room. And, um, you know, talking to another guy, I saw him earlier, just checked in with him because he, he was on the way in as I was on the way out of the emergency department as an employee. And he was a master chief for the Navy, which if you don't know anything about the Navy, that's a, that's... The highest rank you enlisted man can obtain. 
The only thing higher than that is a command master chief, which means he's in charge of a whole bunch of people. And then there's the master chief petty officer of the Navy. Um, there's some more technical parts to that, which we don't need to get into here. This isn't about that. Just understand that he was um, as high up as you can go for an enlisted man and uh, in the Navy. And he had been for the VA and other, excuse me, he had been working for the VA in other locations. And he comes to this one for one reason or another. I never really did ask. But when we were talking about the emergency department and what's changing, you know, I talked to him about my time there and uh, he immediately picked up on what I was talking about. There was a couple of toxic people that one of them, um, one of the guys on the morning shift, his job is to drop IVs, have conversations and twiddle his thumbs, play on his phone. That's what he gets paid as a GS7 around 50-ish thousand dollars a year to do. It's like the cake is, I, I wish I had his life because uh, yeah, he does whatever the fuck he wants. He's a 10-year employee, so um, he's one example. And then the one of the ladies that I had a huge problem with working on evening shift because she was on my shift, I ended up having to pick up all of her slack. Uh, you know, he, he knew about her and I'm like, damn man, you don't even work with her. Um, but he knows, I don't know how he knows, but he knows. So all that to say, um, talking to him about the department, he was talking about how there's going to be some changes uh, in that job that are going to match the national uh, platform for that role, which is awesome. Man, that's awesome. That's what I wanted when I got there. It's like, Hey, you know, there's evidence-based practices in other locations that they, you know, this role follows, and we don't follow that. I don't, I don't understand. Um, and then, you know, of course, everything takes time. It takes investment from leadership and from staff, and yada yada yada. And as the what's it called, the um, the master chief told me, it was like it's a nurse-ran environment. The nurses, you know, run practice and all that good stuff. So I get that. Um, and there's, there's, you know, not enough nurses, so you got to do what you can to keep the ones you got, and that means that you give them a lot of uh, input. So, you know, in respect to that, yes, we we need more of that. However, they end up doing, how do you put it? They end up being very self-serving, and it becomes a headache for the people that aren't nurses. You know, doctors are and providers are fed up with it. The um, people that are working around nurses are fed up with it, and you know you you got to take care of your nurses. Your nurses are your mid-level professionals that they know their stuff, and they've got a lot of work to do. And they're gonna be—they're almost a backbone, if you will. I don't want to say they're the backbone, right? Because this is a huge beast. So if you uh, you could think of it this way: if um, what, what's a creature that has more than one heart? Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're one of the many hearts of healthcare, nursing. And they they keep things pumping. They keep things moving. So you got to take care of your heart. You know, if you don't take care of your heart, things start slowing down. And y'all, I mean, y'all get what I'm saying. I don't need to fucking spend no more time on this. So um, the problem that we're having is that the people that are in those roles, they start creating more problems than are necessary. And... You know, people get driven away like Manny, like me, because of the, not because of the patient care. I mean, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I've had patients 
cuss me up and down, call me all kinds of racial slurs, uh, talk, you know, wishing that my family would die and, and die painfully, and, you know, all kinds of heinous stuff. That rolled off my shoulders, man, because, and I've said this to other people, that was, you know, one bad day for that person. You know, they're, they're having, obviously, either a psychotic break or they're on drugs or something's going on with them. They, they would not be normally doing this. This is not their everyday behavior. So I, I give them some grace. You know, I would want somebody to, to reach out and say, you know, I know you're not always this way. So what you're going through right now, I'm just going to let you get it out. And then when you're calmed down, then we can talk. You know, I would want somebody to do that for me. Um, I've, you know, I've been roused to that point where I thought I was going to snap and, um, I've had problems with my temper in the past and people by the grace of God have been there to walk me through that. And that's been very nice. You know, if I didn't have that hell, I'd probably be in fucking jail still, you know, or prison or fuck man, who knows, who knows where I'd be if I didn't have somebody that was willing to you know, give me some grace. So I try to do that myself. Anyway, moving on. That's all that to say is that I don't do, you know, I didn't leave because of the, the, the patients. The patients weren't the issue. Yeah, there were some gross ones. Man, and there were some nasty motherfuckers. But the real problem was the fucking co-workers. <sighs> and now I've beaten that horse to death. So let's not beat that horse to death anymore. Let's move on forward. So leaving, uh, Leaving the job site, headed to the house. It's the weekend. It's Friday. My shoulder fucking hurts. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I went through a new employee orientation this week, and one of the day shift supervisors for my job somehow, some way, got it in her head that I didn't go. So. That caused some friction with my supervisor because she was trying to figure out what what happened. She's calling all these people, and I'm like, no, I, I went. I, I most definitely went. I, I did it from home. Um, it was all uh, virtual, and I got the flyers, and um, I mean, I even responded to the emails that the lady sent out about the meeting. So they 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 know I was there. They took role. So I don't understand how that confusion happened, but um, anyway, so. I'm trying to get in touch with somebody on Wednesday about my work schedule for the week because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to be, who I'm supposed to talk to, where I'm supposed to check in. And so I'm calling at like 9 o'clock in the morning, 9.45, 10.30, again, right before 11, 11.30. Uh, didn't get anybody by 12, so I waited till after 1, called again at 1, called again after 2. I mean, I am blowing this phone up. And I, I talked to this guy named Jerry. Jerry's a good cat. Spent a few, you know, had a couple conversations with him. I'm like, I cannot get in touch with anybody. I need to know what's going on for me for the rest of this week. Because obviously Wednesday's gone. Unless they want me to come in tonight. And so uh, my supervisor finally gets into the office and calls me. And she's like, you know what? Wednesday's just a gimme. You can have that. You're welcome. And we'll... Uh, start tomorrow and you just come in do your TMS modules and we'll, we'll start from there. So I come in I do my TMS modules. I spent most of the day doing that and um, wasn't great. It was very fucking boring. Um, oh, stomach pain. I've got to hit the head. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, something I ate ain't sitting right with me right now. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so 
she hits me up and I go in and the next day and I'm talking to all these different people and doing my TMS and she finally shows up at three. I went in at 8.30, 8.30, yeah. Left at around four-ish and um, yeah, yeah, I left around 4.15. And so uh, I do all my, my trainings and stuff and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come back tomorrow at the same time. I get there and nobody's fucking there. All the doors are shut. I don't know who the fuck is where. And um, anyway, so I, I get to working on my TMS, and which is you know the, just the training, just the basic software stuff that you got to. Every federal employee has to do, you know, sexual harassment, uh, whistleblower protection, um, protecting you know sensitive government materials, how to use your computer, all that stuff because they don't want another fucking Edward Snowden. Anyway, so. Um, I'm on there, and I'm, I'm spending like 30 minutes trying to get logged in, and I just can't get logged in. It keeps telling me there's an error, there's an error, there's an error. I try like three different login names. Well, I'm like, what the fuck, man? This just worked yesterday. So I wait, and then finally uh, I, I call the self-help or the help desk phone number, and I get connected to somebody, and um, you could she was definitely scripted. Like she was reading from a script. But, you know, we had a little bit of a conversation. I talked to her about football and... Um, got her to kind of break out of that robotic response shit but then she went right back to it and she just kept repeating herself uh, i was like okay i get that you're gonna route my problem to a higher authority that's that's understandable um but that that doesn't have, tell me what to do in the meantime and you're you're really not you know giving me clear interpretations of what you're saying you're just you're telling me what's on the script and if i'm not familiar with with that language i don't know what that really fucking means I mean, you, you, I'm just going to have to sit here and wait until they get in touch with me. What am I going to do in the meantime, in between time? What, how am I going to access this training that I need to do? I need to do this stuff. Um, you know, she just basically that was it. I mean, we had like a 10 minute phone call and, and that's that. So <laughs> I, I sit around for like another 30, 45 minutes trying to get things to work and trying to find somebody I can talk to. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fuck home. And I just went home. <laughs> I went home and I waited for my appointment to, to kick off and uh, came back for that. And now I'm headed back to the house again. So government spending at its finest, folks. I'm not surprised after, you know, the whole debacle with uh, the Afghanistan withdrawal. So what can you expect? So, ah, man, the shoulder pain is nuts. So anyway, um talking about the cruise i told you folks a few stories about being on that cruise but man it was awesome i can't stress enough how awesome it really was i would love to go again and jamie's already planning on going another one with her family whether or not i'll be going on that one remains to be seen um i'm going back to school and i might work we may not even still be together by that time there's a homeless man sitting over there under the shade on his bicycle and somebody's giving him some money oh look at that must be nice <laughs> yeah okay bud um oh no no he didn't he just gave him a lighter so he could light a cigarette uh yeah can't afford a place to sleep but you can afford a pack of smokes in fairness a pack of smokes eight bucks a place to sleep is like i don't know 90 so <laughs> uh yeah anyway um the the fucking cruise was great man you just you you had no responsibility the only responsibility you had was to be where you were supposed to be when you were supposed to be there so when you had the excursions you had to be at your excursion on time hopefully a little bit early you didn't wait too long 
Um, but not definitely not late. Or they're going to leave your ass. And when the ship's ready to disembark and and, um, and you're, you're, you're going to miss movement, they will fucking leave your ass. They've done it before. Uh, people had to spend their own money to reconnect with the ship and get back home. So, right, they, they, they will fucking leave you if you're not where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Because they, uh, if you, if you, um, I think the way that it was explained to me is that if you booked, um, ahead of time or if you had some sort of reservation, I can't remember what, what you had to do. If you did something specific with the ship, then they would, they would wait for you. But for the average person like me and Jamie, yeah, they'll fucking leave your ass. So that was crazy to think of that. It's like, damn dude, what if I get stuck in Mexico? So thank God that didn't happen. Um, Anyway, so getting to Mexico, man, the water was just so clear. Such clear water. It's incredible. And I didn't get sick. Talking to my brother about the trip, all he's like, boy, don't drink the water down there. Montezuma's Revenge. Montezuma's Revenge. Like, That's all you can think of right now, bro, is fucking Montezuma's Revenge. Do you even know what that means? I mean, all he can probably think of is like, you're just going to shit your brains out. Well, yeah, it'll make you deathly ill, but um, you, he doesn't even know what the name of the bacteria is that causes that infection. So, whatever. Um, I didn't get Montezuma's Revenge because I didn't drink the local water. I tried uh, a local habanero. It's pretty spicy. Not the spiciest thing I've ever eaten, but it was spicy. Tried a uh, local pork meat. Um, it was uh, a fucking El Pastor. That was good, decent, not, not bad. Not the best food I've ever had, but it was cool to try some, you know, legit Mexican food made by Mexicans in a kitchen in Mexico, you know. That's not the shit that you find in California or Arizona or Texas, uh, where people try to pass it as Mexican, but they really said the good Mexican shit for themselves. Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was good food. It was real good food. And it was good food throughout the entire trip, you know. And apparently, to, to get the decent prices in the markets, you have to leave the tourist area because the tourists, they all want to fucking charge you two to three times the price, and hopefully you'll pay it unless you navigate or navigate, negotiate with them uh, to talk them down. Um, I did that with the cigars. Like I talked them down to, from I think he said three twenty-five to one hundred and forty or one hundred and fifty, something like that. Yeah, it was one hundred and sixty after tax. And so, uh, you know, he he like he was hounding me to pay full price. It's like no fucking way, dude. I cannot pay three hundred bucks for cigars. I don't care if they're straight from Cuba. Obviously, these ain't straight from Cuba. You know, because if they were straight from Cuba. They'd be expensive as fuck, and they, yeah, they, they weren't, so. But they, you know, it's still fucking cigars, I look forward to having one with John, maybe my dad, and some other people. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Josh will get in on some. I'm not sure his thing. He used to smoke cigarettes, so maybe he'll smoke a cigar with me. We'll see. Um, let's think here. Uh, yeah, dead air, right? I've been watching a lot of the Joe Rogan podcast, and I'm like, mm, this is dangerous territory, because... You don't want um, folks coming on that are going to reinforce a certain ideology or a certain news uh, narrative and stance. And you don't want people to stop asking critical questions like, well, where did this come from? Or what source was this uh, site? Or where did, what source was this? Or yada, yada, yada. You know, you want to have those critical thoughts. But there's some episodes on there that are fucking awesome. Like this kid talking about how dinosaurs doesn't exi don't exist and the earth is flat. They had this paleontologist on there who was breaking down all the holes 
in his statements because he wasn't using logic or deductive reasoning. He's just making statements on his YouTube channel that's got like a couple thousand followers. He's definitely got more followers than John on TikTok, which, I mean, that's saying something. John's got a lot of followers on TikTok. So he's on YouTube with all these people watching his videos and all these likes and all these comments. And he's just like, I can't believe people are this ignorant, uneducated, flat out stupid and easily misled. I mean, they're just gobbling it up. And he was talking about echo chambers and how nobody wants to actually have conversations. They just want to hear their ideas repeated back to them. And yeah, he's right. <laughs> he's definitely right. I can't have debates with anybody no more. You know, because, I mean, this one lady, she was talking about her sexuality, and I was just trying to, like, ask questions and, and get an understanding and, and try to, you know, maybe bring her around to my point of view. She, she's like, my sexuality is not up for debate. I'm like, it has to be. If you're if you're asking me to, to recognize your definitions, then we need to come to an understanding. And, and part of that understanding is is me you know, examining where you where you stand. I, I can't just, you know, jump on the bandwagon and be like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. That's gonna, no, 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 no. We're going to talk about this. So <laughs> that was, oh my gosh, that was years and years back. Um, but, you know, I, I can't talk to Jamie's dad um, about, you know, world politics and, and how China and, and what they're doing. And I'm like, you know what you know from uh, your, you know, conservative news outlets. I know what I know from journalists writing articles and, and from the firsthand accounts of people that are there. You know what you know from people that are on TV interpreting things, you know, from what they hear, read, or see. I'm reading it straight from the people that wrote them, that were there. You know, you're getting second-party information. I'm trying to get it firsthand, you know. Uh, that's that's where the disconnect comes from, is that people are, are reading and hearing about it from other outlets than the people that wrote on it, you know? And then when you start reading at people that make these claims that, you know, this is connected to that and that and that and that, and they're pushing this agenda, well, that's when you start asking questions. It's like, well, did this guy make these connections on his own, or did he find evidence to support that? Man, it feels so fucking insane that you have to say this kind of shit. You know, they taught us this kind of basic fucking understanding in middle school. And now you got people that are like 19, 20 years old that don't get this. What are they fucking teaching people in public schools these days? Shit. Anyway, all that to say, um, I am at home now. The cruise was great. Life is good. I'm back to work. Uh, sorry about that vibration right there. Uh, got a screenshot from somebody. Um, it's warm in this car. I need to get in the house and cool off. Maybe get a workout in before Jamie comes home. Uh, she always wants to do things together. So whenever she's here, I can't fucking work out. <laughs> but it's crazy. She'll come home and she'll spend like three hours on her phone watching videos or listening to shit. And I'll get on my game and, sh and she'll be like with me for an hour. And it's like, I'm feeling ignored. Excuse me? <laughs> What the fuck? I, I just don't. Some people I just don't understand. It turns out that me and John have very similar thinking women. So I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll talk to him off the air and uh, figure out how he handles his woman. See what, what sort of insight he can give me. Because I'm telling you, man, I can't keep putting up with this shit. I'm going to have to fucking get rid of this bitch. 
<laughs> if I don't figure out how to cope with some of the shit she does, I'm just going to have to fucking start over. And that's, that's a hard thing for me to kind of accept because I'm 35. But uh, that's the truth of the matter. As I can't, I'm going to pull my hair out. I'm going to fucking lose my temper. Or uh, I'm just, you know, I'm going to have a meltdown. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's not that bad. But it is bad. Um, especially when it gets on that racist shit. Oh, my God. Before I leave. So, my Uncle Justin died of muscular dystrophy at 34, 30, no, 36. He was 36 years old, and he died. He outlived the doctor's diagnosis by, I think, like four years. He was a champ, man. He he uh, he died several times in the ambulance. They brought him back. He lived through bed sores. He lived through his disease, you know, taking away his ability to speak. He was a trooper. And when we were younger, man, we didn't treat him right. My brother will tell you. And as we got older, you know, we kind of felt a little bit worse for that, and we tried to make amends, but... For the most part, Justin was a good dude. He could have had a better life, but he tried to make the most of it. We went to Disney World with the Make-A-Wish Foundation with him. He he did some other stuff, too. I can't remember all of it. Um, he used to play pool on the computer really well. He used to be able to play guitar. I mean, the, the guy was something else. And uh, anyway, so he passed away. And, you know, my uncle was more like my cousin because my granddad gave birth to him when he was 50. So that meant my brother was actually older than him by like a few months. And he grew up with us. He used to go riding with bikes with my brother. He used to stay over at our house during the summer when his when his dad died or grandpa. When he passed away, he came and lived with us for a little while. Um, we used to go to school with him. I mean, he went to our school. And, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. And it wasn't always great. But we had some laughs. We made some good memories. And you know, he's always been close to my heart. I've loved my Uncle Justin, even though I didn't know how to show it or say it. I've loved him my whole life. Moving forward, I'm with Jamie. We're trying to find a place to park, and these people with a, a handicapped parking decal, it's making me angry just thinking about this. These people with a handicapped parking decal take a parking spot that's close to where we want to park, and Jamie gets pissed about it. She's like, these fucking people, they're probably not even fucking handicapped. I'm like, do they have a fucking handicapped sticker? Do they have a decal? She's like, yeah, but why do they get to park up front? I'm like, because they're handicapped. She's like, well, yeah, I don't see them in a wheelchair. That's not the point. That's not the point. The point is they have a handicapped sticker. And for people that do have handicaps that are in wheelchairs, they deserve to be up front because they might be missing their fucking leg. And I, I, I just couldn't believe that we had to have this conversation for somebody that's got their doctorate, their juris doctorate, her law degree. And we have to talk about how, why it's okay for disabled people to have handicapped parking. Because you can't park there? And she's like, it needs to be fair for everybody. It needs to be equal. That's equality, not equity. Okay? we we got to stop this shit. And I mean, I was mad about that for days. I was like, let her say one fucking wrong thing to me. I'm going to unload on this bitch. My fucking uncle lived with that shit for, his, for half, over half of his life. And you're telling me he didn't deserve a good parking spot. Even though... If he walked more than a foot, he would fall. Even though walking was painful for him. Even though after the age of 18, he couldn't fucking walk at all. And he can't park in handicapped parking because it's not fair to you to have to walk an extra 100 yards. Get the fuck out of here. Obviously, you can tell I'm passionate about this kind of thing. But it's my uncle, man. It, it seems like all the shit that 
she disagrees with applies to people I know. And I'm like, I think I should have fucking looked deeper into this match before we made it. Because this ain't fucking working. You do not think the way that I think at all. Shit. Oh, my, mm, I, I can't beat that dead horse anymore. Y'all know how I feel about it. Handicapped people deserve the parking that they have. Some of them are fucking blind and someone's driving them around. And they have to escort that person. So they need to be closer to the door so there's less chance of them injuring themselves. They have a right to get around too. I've got friends that are amputees. You're telling me they don't fucking deserve a closer, a closer spot to the goddamn door? God. It's, I mean, the audacity. I'm hot. I'm going inside. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. If you can go on a cruise, I highly recommend it. It's fucking awesome. No matter who you're with. And for this episode, that's all I've got. I'm going to head on in the house, maybe play a couple of games, maybe work out a little bit, and enjoy my Friday off. Until next time, y'all, please drink water. Please take care of yourself. This has been Aaron Rollins live from Southeast 3rd. I'm signing off.